following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 85 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. Stank, uh, this is a very special episode that we have today. Um, first off, uh, if you're a new listener, welcome to uh, the PWT cast, the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees, um, where we talk, you know, comic books, wrestling, pop culture, all that good stuff. Um, and if you can't get enough of us, and if you're like, man, I really love the dulcet tones of uh, this David Stankin, uh, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash PWT cast and get uh, some additional content over at our Patreon. Uh, we just last week dropped um, Forrest Gump. The week before that, it was Atlantis, as well as a uh, Power Rangers uh, retrospective on Rita Repulsa. This week, we'll have another episode on Zordon and Alpha 5, uh, as well as uh, a movie review of The Shawshank Redemption that uh, I think went very well, considering like how many times the three of us had seen this movie and how none of us rewatched it prior to the recording. Um, but yeah, and then, and then again, if you aren't, make sure you're following us on social media. We're uh, at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Dave, like I mentioned, this is a very special episode because maybe like a month or two ago, uh, I fell in love with a movie called The Psycho Goreman. Um, it's pretty much all I've been talking about. It's very much one of those like, movies where um anytime anyone's like what should i watch i'm like psycho gorman and i instantly just uh tell them about it um you've seen it yourself uh a lot of people at the shop have seen it and we were lucky enough to uh get the chance to speak to steven uh kostansky who's the director of psycho gorman um again like if you haven't already seen it i would I, i know i can't speak for you but like with me i would highly suggest just go out of your way and watch it now it's like a quick hour and a half um it's just so much fun for me you know like i again i've probably watched it seven times now like it is (laughs) it is disgusting how many times i've watched it now at this point yeah we've uh (laughs) the term hunky boys gets thrown around a lot at the shop and it's kind of spread like a little virus um it's definitely a fun movie um is it going to be up for an academy award probably not but um if you're into kind of like a throwback you know to i don't say a do-it-yourself movie but like not the biggest budget but they made the most of what they had and uh it's definitely one of those movies that i think can be a cult classic if we get the word out enough to people uh to search for it and i definitely would like to see a robust toy line based on all these figures. Um, yeah. If you watch them, you'll know what we're talking about. These, there's quite a rogues gallery in there that would make great uh, articulated action figures. I think there are actually some toys coming. There's this like company called like I, plastic meatball. I think I heard that they were going to do like the classic, um, like five points of articulate, like the old Kenner star Wars figures. That's what I thought I heard. Um, so that'd be pretty cool. I'm probably going to cop uh, at least a Psycho Gorman. Yeah, I my- definitely, like, I just recently have gotten back into, like, collecting toys and figures and stuff, uh, most notably because the co-host of this show um, is always <laughs> getting all these wonderful toys in, and I'm like, oh, wow, well, those look like so much fun. Um, but, yeah, so if you're, a, you know, a 
traditional listener of the PWT cast, um, this episode will be a little different. You know, we uh, we only had about 15 minutes or so with um, Steven. So we figured, hey, let's let's kind of um, and last week's episode was also different as well, considering uh, it was one of our Birdman episodes. It was just one long one and there wasn't really much like of uh, the traditional course. So uh, we figured, hey, let's go ahead and shut up and, and give him the interview with Steven, uh, you know, in, in case any of you uh, Psycho Gorman fans are here for just for that. And then afterwards, uh, Dave and I will go ahead and get into the usual shtick that we normally do. We'll finally get to talk about how we felt about WandaVision, um, yep. which I got, you know, I got some opinions. You've been holding it in. <laughs> Ooh, I've been holding it in. Uh, last week, I, I famously didn't because uh, Jeff Jones, a friend of the show, he was in the room with us and he had he wasn't caught up. Um, but yeah, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's interview uh, with the director of Psycho Gorman, uh, Stephen Kostansky. Dave, for like the last month or so at Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, the term "hunky boys" has been thrown around just continuously, nonstop. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you might as well just be following the Psycho Gorman uh, Instagram because all I do is just like uh, repost the things that they post on there. I love this movie. I've just again been showing it nonstop to people, talking about it nonstop to people. I have my hunky boy edition coming into me, and even then, I'm still like renting it on Vudu and stuff, uh, which makes me really happy that today uh, we're getting the chance to speak to the director of Psycho Gorman, Steve Kostansky, because again, the first thing after we saw this movie, we we're like, we have we have to talk to this guy, uh, and we're lucky enough to have him here today. Uh, Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, I mean, again, thank you for making this movie. Like, it is at our place of work just been a thing where, again, like, everyone just throws the term hunky boys around, like, to the point where even people who have not seen the movie are just are now starting to do it. Um, but I, <laughs> oh, I, that's great. Oh, yeah, it is. It, it's uh, very popular there. Um, but I mean, I guess first off is like, where, where do you get this idea for, for Psycho Gorman? Because to us, like, the way I always describe it, it's like, if, Troma wasn't put in charge of like the Power Rangers and they like made a kids film, but also it's very much like reminiscent to like uh, a Goosebumps novel. Like, uh, where does the idea for Psycho Gorman come from? Oh, I like, I like Goosebumps as a reference. I maybe was a little influenced by Goosebumps. I did grow up on that, but uh, I mean, the, the overall kind of like thematic idea for the movie came from me, uh, from my childhood watching movies. R-rated movies that were maybe a little too intense uh, for me at such a young age. Uh, as being a video store kid, I'm sure we all had, we all share that experience of watching movies, uh, like renting sci-fi action horror movies, thinking they're going to be suitable, and then being caught off guard by intense violence and uh, you know adult situations. So movies like Terminator 2 and RoboCop, uh, Guyver 2, Aliens, like movies like that. I watched at a very young and impressionable age, and they definitely left their mark on me. So this movie was intended to be like a culmination of those experiences, where I wanted to make like a fun, like sci-fi action kids adventure film that had a dark edge to it, and it kind of dip in and out of being very like silly and goofy, but then also like insanely serious, and have like real brutal consequences to these cartoonish situations. So. That's uh, yeah, kind of was my 
whole intention behind the film. As far as the plot, uh, I was watching Rawhead Rex a few years back and uh, was just kind of riffing in my head on the idea of like, what can you do with this ancient evil being resurrected? But like, what can you do that's more interesting than what I was witnessing in the movie at the time? <laughs> and I came up with the idea of like, well, what if, you know, you mash that with E.T., but you don't stray from the fact that this is an evil monster that they are befriending these kids and uh, have this evil monster and these little kids go on crazy adventures, but have brutal consequences to that. So that's uh, where the whole premise of the movie came from. See, I'm well, not- I, 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 I love that uh, when you described like a, a movie like that, that you're talking about something that might be accessible to kids without being too crazy. Cause I remember watching Rawhead Rex when I was younger and being completely terrified of it. And, uh, you know, there, there are many similarities now that you say that you've really kind of opened my eyes up to it, but, um, there's no redeeming qualities to Rawhead Rex. Whereas you start to fall in love with psycho Gorman throughout the movie, which I think was a good take on it. And it's something that you could show kids to with parental guidance, obviously. Well, I, I actually like yeah, once, well, I think- Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just really quick, like what Dave kind of was saying. Like I, I think the way I described it to him was it's almost like Boogie Nights in a sense. I'm not sure how if you've heard of the Boogie Nights comparison, but like I felt like in Boogie Nights, it's like those characters like they change a little, but not so much. But like you still kind of like them, and that's very much how I felt like at the end of this because like specifically like Mimi and and PG, it's like they kind of change, but like at the end of the movie, not really, but there's still something like uh, lovable yeah. about that. That's a very interesting comparison. Nobody has compared it to Boogie Nights. It's <laughs> like total bonkers and offbeat uh, from the usual comparisons. And I love it. Uh, but yeah, I totally like when I was like writing the script, the thing that kept me engaged was this idea of like committing to not really having the characters change too much. Like you can learn things and, and grow a little bit, but I, I just I didn't want it to be the cliched like PG learns to be good at the end of the movie. It seemed more realistic and interesting to me that he just becomes more delusional. And I think that's speaks <laughs> to all the characters is that they all think they've learned a lesson, but we as the audience are sitting there going like, "What is the lesson here? I don't think anybody learned anything." And I think that's more true to life is that we just like tell ourselves we learned a thing when we really didn't. <laughs> So I wanted the movie to kind of represent that. And uh, it just seemed way funnier to have a villain character that just stays a villain through the entire film. One of my, uh, it just is like a long joke. One of my favorite scenes would have to be when uh, PG dressed as Sam Neill from Jurassic Park, which just, oh my God, chef's kiss. <laughs> that, that's just one of my favorite parts. When he's fighting uh, like his paladins because – it like that very much just feels like uh like it's just ripped straight out of like power rangers or common writer where you know you have all these like absurd villains like cassius 3000 is just again like so absurd of a villain where it like that specifically was just like this is something that the power rangers like would have fought um what was like some of the thought process behind putting together his paladins because it is just like a very eclectic group of uh henchmen essentially that he has I mean, I was very much inspired by, like, the Masters of the Universe movie or, yeah, any kind of common Rider uh, or Super Sentai stuff where there's just, like, a diverse rogues gallery of, of characters 
that all feel like they're from a different universe. I mean, it's also very much like the bounty hunter lineup in Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. where you see it briefly, and but every character is interesting, and you're like, I want to know what Borlom's deal is, or like Dengar. Like everybody is just so bizarre, and like feels like they came from different planets and met up together, and like they have nothing in common. I mean, I, I like that kind of like sensory overload with uh, like creature designs. So that was very much my approach with the Paladins and with the Gygax Council. I wanted it to feel like you're being dropped into a situation where there's a whole lot of mythology that you're just seeing. You're just getting it visually. You're not getting any of it explained to you, but you can look at these characters and be like, there's a story there and I'm just not getting it right now. Um, just as a way to like overwhelm people. But it's very much inspired by, yeah, like Masters of the Universe, uh, like kind of anything that had like a toy line associated with it because, and especially stuff that like started as toys and then went into other media because like designing a toy line first, you get such a weird range of characters and ideas that don't line up. And it, it always is funny to me thinking about, uh, like a director having to make the Masters of the Universe movie and having executives be like, all right, make all this make sense. Make, make trap job make sense like that's <laughs> funny to me and so i wanted i wanted to feel a bit of that where it's like i'm almost like pretending like the creators of pg were having a bit of frustration <laughs> realizing these characters on screen and yeah having like cassius 3000 and death trapper it's like them trying to stay true to whatever the original concept was but also wrestling with the fact that like it has to be a thing on screen that makes some kind of sense so those are just the kind of weird things I like to think about when I'm designing all my characters because it's stuff that I used to obsess over as a kid, being a fan of that kind of cross-media uh, exposure where you're getting toys and movies and cartoons and video games and stuff and just seeing how things translate from one medium to another uh, has always interested me. Well, with, with that being said, are there any plans on maybe further expanding the Psycho Gorman universe and maybe seeing... Uh, some more of the characters in depth. Like I like when we saw flashbacks from his history, you know, you, you kind of see this whole other planetary thing that like, you know, you don't realize is happening when, when he's in kind of a suburban area, but you know, there, there's hints of a wider mythos, I guess. Um, are there any plans on, on showing that in maybe a future sequel or maybe any other projects you have in mind? I think my mentality going forward with PG is to answer one question and then raise a hundred other questions. Because <laughs> I think that's a way to keep it fresh and interesting. Like, you know, it's a bit of like the Star Wars prequel problem of like, did we need to see like Darth Vader as a kid? I don't really think we did. So I don't yeah. want to. I don't. I don't want to like ruin the fun mystery because I also like people coming up with their own ideas of what these backstories are. Like, I feel like the audience deserves a little bit of ownership over that stuff and to spoil it by being like, here's all the answers to every single question in this movie. I feel like it loses some of its personality and some of its charm. So yeah, I might like dive into some characters backstories if there's future versions of PG, but I'll probably also introduce a ton of other characters that are going to, have their own weird backstories as well and just just expand the universe as much as possible and not just try to answer every question that people might have about what's uh, being portrayed in the film. 
so just sort of as we uh wind down here again like it's been like a big hit i mean as far as like in my circles and, and dave's circles of just seeing so many That's people all we're talking about yeah and like one of my favorite things is seeing like what uh like celebrities or like you know famous people you know what they have to say about it has there been who's been the one person that you're just like oh this person saw my movie and really liked it that's pretty cool I mean, the Patton Oswalt thing was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was tweeting pretty hard about it, and <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Like it, it was fun, like vicariously experiencing his like bewilderment at the movie in his tweets. Like it seemed like it kind of like overwhelmed him a little bit, which is awesome. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not like on Twitter, and I don't really go on social media that much, so I'm not really keeping track of like the celebrity reaction to the movie um but certainly like in terms of like producers and things that i've been talking to like i've been taking a lot of meetings like yeah i'm impressed that like people that work in the industry are having such a positive reaction to the film because it feels so weirdly specific to me that i figured like i'm only appealing to like 10 people out there so when you get like (laughs) you know executive being like i just watched this movie cold not knowing what it was and it totally blew my mind like it's really satisfying and suggest that you know maybe the experiences i'm i'm trying to like convey on screen are uh more of a shared experience than i originally thought but i think there's more more video store kids out there than i maybe initially expected yeah i I definitely think this this movie at least to me it will be kind of be one of those calling cards of like that cult hit where like not everyone's going to enjoy it, but if someone says like, "Oh, I really like that like Psycho Garman movie," it's instantly like, "Oh yeah, I I know I'm gonna vibe with this person." Um, <laughs> but Steve, thank you for taking time out of your day to to talk with us. Uh, you know, for those in um, the DVD and Blu-ray comes out March 16th. Like I mentioned, me and Dave, we already have our Hunky Boy editions coming in the mail, so uh, I can't wait for those to come. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, we look forward to all your all and anything else you put out because again. Um, much like after this film i'll follow you know whatever you put out there you know we'll, we'll follow okay. that path and, and definitely have to check it out uh but thank you again steve so much well thank you very much for having me it's great chatting with you guys thank you again to the hunkiest of hunky boys steven for that interview um yeah i i am so excited to get my hunky boy edition which hey uh the movie comes out to tomorrow to, to purchase so if you know if you want to purchase on dvd and blu-ray um you know check out your local store your walmart target uh again i pre-ordered my hunky boy edition almost like a month ago so uh, i'm waiting for that to come but uh dave another thing that's coming are these stimulus checks these uh oh i can't wait these stimmies as the kids on the internet um say and talk about and uh, even you got, and there's a lot of like funny memes where they're like, uh, you know, you, you like I saw one. It's like you go to Target and you're like, how much for one of those like the giant balls they have outside? Um, or you like go to Bed Bath and Beyond and you're like, I would like to go to the Beyond section, please. Like just random ones like that. Yeah. But if you're looking for like a very smart and fun way of uh, spending your stimulus, head over to Patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. Um, of course, I want to give a. a a shout out to all the patrons um, of the show because, you know, we love them. We've been talking, of course, about Clifford Fraser, Jesse Kohlenberg, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, Ryan Mears, Neil Flanagan, Iron Man Neil, um, Shannon Howanick, that's how you say it, uh, Jonathan Mayer, 
Hot Topic Joe, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, and of course, none other than uh, my best friend Vivian, Vivian Rubina. Um, I love her, and she signed up for it. And if you're looking to sign up, you know, for, for our Patreon as well, uh, by all means, you know, we have four different tiers. There's our $3 tier, which um, just gets you on the Christmas card list. You know, if you just like, hey, I want to support Scrump and Stank, but uh, I don't really need any more additional content. By all means, you can sign up for that one. Uh, $3, it'll just get you on the Christmas card list. Um, but if, you, if you're if you like, hey, I really love when these two idiots talk about uh, movies and when they review movies, uh, you can sign up for the patron of the show tier, which is $5. You get the weekly shout-out, as well as uh, a bonus episode of Scrum and Stink Assembly Video weekly. Uh, but if you're like, you know what? That's not enough. I want to do more. Well, shit, brother. Uh, you can sign up for the best patron of the show, which is everything we've already mentioned, um, as well as a free monthly sticker and a third additional podcast. It's in the form of our biweekly Go Go Scrump and Stank, which is our Power Rangers review. Uh, you know, we kind of just go through the history of Power Rangers. And if you're like, nope, still not enough. I got this stimulus and I need to spend it. I need to spend it. And I'm, well, hey, sign up for the official PWT cast member tier which is uh 20 bucks you get everything i've previously mentioned as well as uh an exclusive uh pwt cast membership card um you get to be on the podcast in the form of uh scrump and stinks family video as well as uh you get your exclusive patron of the show t-shirt and uh we'll let you read fan of the week um you know we're working on getting everything done so don't worry guys i'll, I'll be hitting you guys up soon so we can uh, start getting some you guys on the podcast to to talk because um you know we we love and appreciate all you guys you know whether you're supporting three dollars or the the twenty dollar tier or hell even if you're not supporting even if you're just you know liking and retweeting our stuff uh we love all you guys and if you love us and want a little bit more of us head over to patreon um dave we've put it off not long enough um how did you feel about uh, the penultimate episode of WandaVision or old, no, penultimate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know penultimate what I mean? Yeah. So, well, when we were talking about the penultimate episode, I posited that we were all getting very anxious because there was rumors of like a secret 10th episode, which turns out didn't happen or they have just not shown it yet, but I'm pretty sure it's not happening. And we kept saying there's so much to wrap up, but I think a lot of that came with the expectation that they were going to show us more. Like I, we, one, we didn't realize Paul Bettany was kind of trolling us when he was saying that there was an actor that he'd love to work with, (laughs) which he was talking about himself. And of course, you know, not just that we've been speculating this whole time, but pretty much everyone on the internet that has, Disney plus and has been watching the show has been speculating about Mephisto or nightmare or, you know, the, what do the hexagons mean? Does this, does this have something to do with the interstellar travel system that they have, that they showed in guardians of the galaxy? And then, uh, will Dr. Strange show up and none of those things happened. And so I think to a lot of people, maybe that was a letdown. Um, I also think maybe some of that was unfair expectations where we were kind of trying to write our own fanfic 
into the show. And, you know, at the end of the day, the showrunners are going to do the show that they want to do. So, um, we did get a bunch of cool stuff though. We got to see, you know, vision versus vision. We got to see, uh, a witch fight in the sky and, you know, some payoffs from earlier comments from previous episodes. Um, I thought it was good and I think it kind of sets up, uh, future power levels for Scarlet Witch and made some kind of subtle references to the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, at the end credit scene. So I'm happy. I'm a little disappointed in, in many ways that we didn't see some of the stuff we speculated about, but, um, all in all, uh, I'm, ha- I'm grateful for the show. And I also kind of feel an empty gnawing hole that there wasn't one on Friday to watch. What about you? I'll get I'll I'll get what I liked out of the way first. Um I someone made the like the the criticism online of like, "Oh, uh, to me at least, or they're just like, you know, the, the show was about like grief and loss and that's what it's about. It wasn't about like uh Luke Skywalker level cameos, which like, listen, I love movies about like grief and heartbreak. Like I cannot I cannot sit there and watch these like lovey dovey movies where it's like, mm, David, David, he's really sweet on Annie and he finally convinces her to go on a date and oh no, he did something silly and now he's going to do something even sillier to win her back and oh my God, they're in love. I can't watch those movies, but if yeah. you want to fucking put down like, um, yeah, a, a blue Valentine in front of me where you're like, oh, these you're watching these two kids fall in love and now their marriage is falling apart right in front of them. And they're clearly both toxic and don't know when to leave. And you're watching these two people suffer. Like I love those like emotionally draining movies. So by all means, I should have loved this show, but I, I didn't based solely on the fact that the cast ruined it for me. The cast went out of their way. The leads (laughs) of the show the, the lead of the show, Elizabeth Olsen, said verbatim, in her own words, in an interview, there will be a Luke Skywalker-level cameo. I am used to wrestling fucking with me all the time. I am used to there will be a major announcement, some sort of life-altering thing. Wrestling will never be the same. And then they're like, oh, just kidding. Ew, you believe us? Laugh my ass off, you know? And you're just I, like... We recently just got one, too. Yeah. You know, and it was is very much one of those things where I fucking hate like that. Honestly, that has made me fall out of love with wrestling. Like I, I, it's no secret here. Like I, I'm just not as big a wrestling fan as I was anymore. And part of it was that them not delivering, them promising something and not delivering. And I don't care how spoiled that makes me sound or how like first world that sounds. Like, don't say anything if you're not gonna fuck. You know. And, like, I get it. Every surprise can't be a major big surprise. But when the fucking, when the lead of your show says there's a Luke Skywalker-level cameo and then says, like, ew, you thought I was serious? When the second lead of your show says there's there's this actor I can't fucking wait, I can't wait for you guys to see who it is. When the third lead of your show says, wait till you fucking find out who my special who my special aerospace engineer friend is. It's going to fucking blow your mind. 
when these are the things that these people are saying and then it fucking turns out that it's not true like i don't blame it on fan theories because for every show there's always going to be fan theories constantly like i think about every show i've always been like super into like westworld the leftovers watchmen constantly i'm just like okay like and half the time none of what i thought was going to be true wound up being true and it didn't ruin my entertainment of it but right if you would have fucking had these like if you would have had justin Thoreau out there fucking being like oh my god wait till we fucking get to the last episode and you find out why everyone disappeared and like clearly advertising something that's never gonna happen then that's when it pisses me off and that completely that like just killed it for me and i wish it had it because it was a like you mentioned it was a good show like i i feel like the first three episodes were a waste of time like the first three episodes should have been one episode because looking 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 back at it in hindsight the first three episodes accomplish nothing up until you get to the last part where um monica rambeau gets like thrown out of the dome out of the hex you know like up until that nothing nothing really happens because like they tease like some shit going on with Dottie that nothing winds up happening with that like you sense some uneasiness of what's going on where like clearly things aren't what they're supposed to be um but again until like Monica Rambo gets fucking thrown out of the hex at least to me that's when things really start to pick up um and yeah I don't know I just I felt this episode was like it was just fell flat to me. Like I, I, it felt like they tried to like compensate for it by like, Hey, here's this crazy, like fight with these witches and stuff, which was fine. But like they, and, and once I realized like, Oh, okay. We're not getting what they promised. Like, we're not going to see that. It, like I, I knew, you know, that fucking Paul Bettany was just being fucking cheeky at that point. And so that, so I, I cared nothing about vision at that point where I was like, fuck yeah. you. Like I will, I will say, out of those three people that kind of overpromised, Paul Bettany, I give the benefit of the doubt because it, it, it is kind of funny to say that you've been dying to work with yourself. Yeah. I get that, yeah. and and it was kind of done with a wink and a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Elizabeth Olsen and Monica Rambeau, I I can't remember the actress's name, but like Tiana Paris. to say, yeah, to say the things that you said. You like you're you're actually promising something that like whatever Paul Bettany said like it's not false like you could say oh I, I've wanted to work with myself for a long time but it's still technically true what what those two said was kind of a lie yeah like a bald faced lie so I get that that is and and that's kind of and that's the thing when it comes to any reveal for something or any promise you're going to make always under promise over deliver. Yes. Like think, think about every other Marvel stuff. Like they, like nobody went, at, at least to me, I've never gone into any of these movies expecting the world, you know, right. like I've, I'm always just like, especially after it was to me after, what was it? Batman V Superman, where, I went in with the highest of expectations and it went off like a fart in church. And so after that, I was just like, I'm just going to go into these movies, not expecting anything, right. especially because then suicide squad comes out and I'm like, look at how much fun they're having in this trailer. They are. Oh my God, this is going to be the best movie. And then 
you know, you slowly start to see the reviews come out like a, a few days prior where they're just like, um, and again, like, I don't know. I just, at the end of the day, I feel like I wasted my time with this show. Like I, I'm, I'm all for a show about grief and loss, but like when the cast is, when the cast is promising shit that they're not going to, and even then like the Ralph Boner thing, like, fuck you. I hated I hated with a I hate with a passion Iron Man three, like I hate yeah. that movie, like I think it's the worst anything in in the Marvel stuff, and part of it has to do with the whole Mandarin thing. Like, it's not cute. It's not funny. I get like I'm just I am not a fan of that. Like these are something. Yeah, exactly. And listen, if you're listening to this right now, rolling your eyes, I fucking get it. These are all the most first world of first world problems. Like. You know, like, I do not blame anyone listening to this right now rolling their eyes at me because it is very much like a a first world thing that I'm complaining about. With that being said, like, I fucking hated the, like, oh, no, it's just an actor that fucking Agatha Harkness, like, was mind controlling to play. And when I was like, cool, like, clearly they have a plan for the mutants, uh, and they are going to do what they want to do with them. And that's fine. I am part of no Marvel committee of any sort. Nor should my opinions on how they are introduced uh, be taken into account. But also when like a whole, th- when everyone is like theorizing that, oh, the, un- the multiverse is going to be fucking cracked open in this. And you're teasing it. And then ultimately, again, you're just like, ew no we're just kidding like magneto's not showing up mephisto's not showing up like you know ultimately there was no big bad the big bad was the grief that she's dealing with um and again i don't know i just feel like i fucking wasted my time and there's also there was dr strange was supposed to be like his cameo was cut out he was supposed to be there he filmed there he talked about it how he's just like it's you know it sucks. It, you know, it's just it's the way it is. Um, well, yeah. some other things too. Like the more I thought about it, the more, the less it made sense. Was like you, you got Agatha Harkness, and you know it's revealed she's been controlling uh, that boner guy with the powers of Quicksilver. But it's like one, how did you know so much about Quicksilver? Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I know things happened in Sokovia, but like, that's not like common knowledge to anyone. Like, how did Agatha Harkness know that Quicksilver died in Sokovia? Like, you know what I mean? She said, oh, I would have resurrected your brother, but he's a dead body another continent away. And it's like, but how do you know that? Yeah, there's also there was also like a line earlier in the season from uh, Tiana Paris, who plays Monica Rambeau, where she's like. Yeah, she goes, uh, you know, uh, what's her face? She's like, um, Wanda almost killed Thanos if Thanos hadn't, like, uh, you know, nuked all his own troops. And it's like, but how do you know? Like, you weren't there. You weren't. Yeah. Like, it's one of For Agatha to then imbue some rando guy with the powers of Quicksilver, it kind of cheapens everyone's powers. Like, if she can just, like, you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. assuming Agatha is at full power. And then somehow she gives someone else a full set of powers with like, you know, I mean, you're, you're a big fan of Full Metal Alchemist. And like in there, it's like 
in order to get something, something must be taken away, right? Yeah, the law of equivalent exchange. There was no equivalent exchange. Like, she was just as powerful. And then she gave, like, who's to say she couldn't just do that to an army of people? Yeah. With no ill effect. You know, she could make her own Avengers, essentially. And it's like, some of the stuff just didn't make sense. And we were, I say we, you know, the royal we, we were all like, oh, yeah, that's that explains it. Because, like, she made a reference to something we understand. But, like, when you take it a couple steps out, you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense that she would know that or be able to do that or, you know what I mean? Like I said, I, I think the show was a net positive. I liked it. And I kind of wish there was more of it, um, only for the fact that we didn't get some of the stuff we wanted. And, um, again, like your argument still holds a little bit of truth. Like the first three episodes were longish and it could have been condensed into one. I, I liked that they were full episodes, but I wish they would have tacked on maybe three more episodes to kind of flesh everything out a little bit more. Um, cause like, it's Disney Plus. You don't have to be nine episodes. You could be 13 episodes. You could be 15 episodes. You could be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think a lot of people were kind of let down, which is a bummer. Um, you know, that we kind of got a wet fart at the end. And then there's other things too, like Monica Rambo's like, you know, all these people got uh, released from, you know, Wanda's spell. And she goes, they'll never know what you sacrificed, which was like... <laughs> Like fuck you, yeah. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> People have memes. Everyone's like, "Fuck you, you fucking," you know. Like, she w- was legitimately a terrorist, and I think if they would have leaned into that more, like if Monica would have been like, "I understand you were full of grief, but look what you did to these people," and then maybe you have Wanda kind of defending her position because every good villain believes what they did was right. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of made it out like, oh, you're, you're such a brave hero. It doesn't make sense that she would be a villain in the next movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, like clearly and uh, that's and that's kind of where that's another thing. I I understand that there are tons of comic books where if something's happening in like, a, you know, in, in upstate New York the X-Men are going to take care of it. Like, you know, you're not going to have fucking all of the Avengers show up all the time. Always. I get that. With that being said, there are these things called the Sokovia Accords that were written specifically because general Thunderbolt Ross said this one can't control her powers. She just blew up a building full of Wakandan officials. Like we need to be put in check. You guys need to be put in check. It's this one, the one person he said is going to go fucking crazy, goes crazy, like right. And no, and like what? What consequences? We're gonna learn about him later. All right, fucking sure, I guess. But it's like the government knows what's going on, so by no means should like the Avengers or whoever's left of the Avengers not be fucking notified. That's why to me, it would have made the most sense. You have Dr. Strange show up because they're like, Hey man, there's some spooky shit going down in fucking New Jersey and you don't live that far from there. Yeah. He he should have shown up. And like, again, I don't know. Like I felt it it just, I don't know. It just felt really sloppy to me. That last episode, It, it felt like they were trying to cater too much to like, 
the comic book audience by like look at this giant flashy fights um which also like hayward but, but not even though not even though like they could have done so much in the opposite direction to cater to like comic book fans for like for instance i mentioned fan fiction if i were to fan fiction the end of it you do have the sorcerer supreme show up you do have agatha say your powers are even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. You enter the good guy who sees clearly bad stuff's happening. She's got people captive, whether she meant to do it or not, subconsciously. He fights her, and then you have Agatha and Wanda team up, and Agatha get in Wanda's head and say, he's trying to destroy this life you made. If this hex collapses, you lose vision and you lose your kids. And so they team up, and then let's say... She's not trained in the mystic arts, so she can't hold the hex while she's fighting Doctor Strange. The hex collapses. She sees Vision disappear. She sees her kids disappear. And then Agatha and Wanda get the fuck out, right, Mm -hmm. in order to stay alive, not get captured. Then you have them both in the cabin. She's teaching Wanda the evil arts and maybe casting some kind of, uh, like, invisibility spell so it's going to take the sorcerer supreme a hard you know a long time to locate them so now you have you set up the movie you set up that agatha still is kind of controlling wanda and plays that mentor role that they kind of hinted at and then they just you know and in the comic books it is that way and so now you have a teacher that doesn't have the power that wanda does but now you have wanda who doesn't have the knowledge to teach and so they're symbiotic and she's just still kind of being controlled. And then you set up, you know, these guys are, there's the fallout of Westview trying to get back to normal, what happened. And it makes Wanda look like a good villain for the next movie instead of, you were so brave for doing this, it, which is stupid. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it's that, you know, we can play fantasy fucking football all day, but it's just, yeah. I don't, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It just, it felt so like, if you follow again, I'm sorry. This is a minor quibble, and we'll we'll move on. We'll, we'll but it's just like Wanda straight up starts use like you know the whole the whole twist is like oh she marks these runes in the sky and basically that's how Agatha loses her powers. Right. At what fucking point did she learn this? Because again, if we're following the episode, it was maybe it, this all took place in maybe an hour. You know, where her kids go disappearing, she shows up in the basement, she does this weird little mind-trippy thing, and then they're back outside, and, you know, like, she just learned what a rune was. Well, yeah, because it's one thing to know that someone did something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she's like, oh, you don't know that? That's like beginner's magic. So, let's say you're a novice at cars, and someone's like, oh, again... Clearly, this is coming from a novice at cars myself. But but if a mechanic's like, oh, you can go 200 miles per hour if you take off the catalytic converter and you bore out the headers. I'm just throwing out random car terms that I don't know if this works. But then you go, oh, cool. I just did that to my hot rod just now. Yeah. like You, you didn't even know what any of this was. Yeah. like Just because I know how to fucking... Uh, put more uh, windshield wiper fluid into my car. It doesn't mean I can disassemble the engine and then reassemble it. Exactly. Like, yeah, and it was very much that. Then why wouldn't Agatha notice it? 
like gigantic runes were being thrown up. Yeah, like like this this is a term she didn't even know forty five minutes ago. And now she yeah. can master it. Like at yeah. least at least in like Doctor Strange, you see him studying. You see him reading these books from this fucking library that he's not supposed to be reading these books from. Like you see this guy fucking sitting there and studying. And I get it. There just wasn't any time for that. Well, guess what? You fucking like you are the ones in charge of the channel. Like it's yeah. like you mentioned. Nobody is saying like, "Hey, it has to be this long." I mean, aside from work schedule, yeah, that's it's them. It's their show. Like, well, or even even show some learning curve. Maybe she gets the idea. Oh, runes, and then she tries to do it and she fucks it up because she doesn't know what she's doing. And then you could have Agatha say, "Honey, you're out of your depth here," but I could help you if you just give me a chance. And then you know they keep fighting. I, I just think like having Agatha as uh, a mentor would have been a great way to show her to show Wanda slowly uh, being enticed by evil, you know, in, in the same way that like Anakin was enticed by Palpatine, right? Like it it just didn't he just didn't say I'm evil, want to be evil too? Okay, good. It was like this slow the slow drip into being evil. I don't know if for, for, for a company so well known for being able to plan ahead and then plant seeds for stuff for the future. It kind of seems, and also this is, this is without seeing the next movie, but from what we know now and from kind of the, the bait and switches that we got, it's kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I mean, de- definitely, definitely did with me. Like, yeah, you know, and I don't roller coaster. You hated it, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I'm all in. And then it's like, I hate it again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and you're not alone. Yeah, like, listen, I'm I'm pretty much done with Westview. Like, the memes of uh, Vision as Vishon were funny. Um, I like those yeah. a lot more than I like the show. Um, I don't but, know. It also seemed like they went the route that they did, so you could get the cathartic moment of Vision saying goodbye, you know, for what we think is the last time to Wanda, but, and that's all nice and good. But don't sacrifice the whole show for that. Well, even then, it's bullshit because Vision's back, you know, like yeah. Well, and then he just he fucks off, and you, oh, where'd he go? Yeah. So, it, it, so that was my thing too. Where I'm like, well, what the fuck? I'm like, we had this, like, sure. You know, she does this, but, like, you have old yeah. fucking West Coast Avengers, White Vision, just uh, flying around God knows her. I don't know, man. And, well, and, there's, and, again, this is this is with the caveat that there's more to be seen. Maybe they'll thread the needle and make it work. As of right now, with a, with a, sh- with a show and the series being finaled, it left more questions than answers. Yeah. De- definitely but oh. hey uh we know falcon and winter soldier comes out uh this week i m- you know maybe that'll be a little bit better i don't know oh. um i'm excited for that show i'm waiting for loki loki's gonna be great yeah i i don't know like i saw some things if, if loki says i get to work with an actor that i've been dying to work with i'm gonna say shut up you guys yeah that'll be fucking oh yeah no, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I read some things as far as like, 
them possibly introducing mutants via this movie because um, of set photos and stuff. So maybe that would be cool. But like, it also, it's like, well, why wouldn't you do that with the show that revolves around a mutant? Yeah. Um, but hey, the Snyder Cut comes out this week. I'm I'm really excited about that. I know there's some people who aren't. I'm, I'm one. <laughs> you aren't excited. I mean, I'll watch it. Uh-huh. And again, I'm a Zack Snyder fan for the most part. I'm not a Zack Snyder DCU fan, but um, no, I mean, there's just some things that they said. Um, Zack Snyder said, like he said, this is not going to be part of the main continuity. Which I I get, but like if you're gonna redo it, you might as well redo it and make it follow continuity. DC as a mo- as a movie company has the same problem as DC as a comic book company. They paint themselves into a corner and then they just do a reset. Every couple of years you get a you'll get a crisis where the timeline resets, and I think it's about time they stop doing shit like that. Yeah, that makes it hard to follow comics. I mean, like I know, yeah, I, like. When I got into comics, it was when, like, Marvel did, like, Marvel Now, which was their, like, hey, we're going to, you know, um, do that. We're rebooting our universe and stuff. And I kept up with it for a little bit, but it comes to the point where I'm like, I don't have the time to fucking, you know, like, I would much rather, I'd much rather buy a fucking, um, like, a paperback of several issues as opposed to just serialized yeah yeah i'm just like again i am a i am a child of you know the the modern times where i i can get it right now on hulu netflix (laughs) amazon hbo just all at once like i i can i can just get it then and there and like i'm not gonna feel bad about it like i see people all the time who are just like you should like no don't don't listen if you if anyone listening right now very much feels the same way like don't feel bad about it like they've they've made everything in this generation to be catered to instant gratification and like now we're supposed to fucking feel bad about it like i i would not feel bad you know like but by all means like by all means and it was like my biggest gripe again kind of going back to one vision i don't mind waiting weekly for like a good television show as long as it's about like an hour's worth of content you know, I had no problems with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like when the boys did it, I had no problem. It was my favorite fucking thing, you know? And same thing. It was like when game of Thrones was out. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, but Hey, you know, Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you like when it comes to comic books too, like I'm experiencing the same thing. Like I'm clear. I'm a Ninja Turtles fan. If, if no one figured that out yet, but like they're doing this comic book, uh, called the last Ronin where it's kind of like, three of the turtles died and one of them survived. And then he's got to get revenge for his brothers. So there's, I think there's like four books, but they're putting each book out like a couple months in between. It's driving me crazy. Like, you know, like I'll give you an example. When Sopranos was really hot, what they would do is like towards the end, they would have in between seasons. It would be like a couple years because like production and shit. And then by the time you get to it, you kind of forget what you watched, and then you kind of don't care as much because it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I'm not saying that's necessarily this way with these books, but like we're on book two, and I was like, I feel like saying just finish them, finish all four, and then just give me all four. (laughs) I I can wait for the whole thing. I don't want to wait in between each. 
So no, I I get you. That's why like like with me, like I I actually just uh, two days ago I finished rewatching um, the leftovers, and and part of it was it's like there's so many shows that people are like, oh, you should really watch this, you should really watch this, and they're great and they're awesome, and I have no doubt that they are. There's that. There's that aspect of like, well, I I don't want to watch season one of a show, be like, fuck yeah, I can't wait for the second season to come out, and then, you know, it it's not coming out for another two for three the, years, and then yeah, yeah, then wait for the next season. Yeah, yeah. Like I listen, and I don't mind. Like sometimes you know, like I I discovered over the summer Wayne that's on Amazon Prime, awesome fucking show. I would recommend it to anyone who has Prime. And whether or not there's a second season is kind of just up in the air right now. And I'm like, all right, well, if there's a second season, like, sure. But it, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I'll, I'll care less by then and not right by, by nothing else other than like, well, at this point we'll have been two, maybe three years, um, which sucks. Like, I mean, and there's some shows like this, like, I really have you ever watched Peaky Blinders? No. Like I really want to watch that. And part of it was like, oh, I, I I was under the impression that the series was over, um, but it's not. They're like filming the newest season, and so I'm like, ah, I'm like, I'll wait because I, I mean, and again, like I mentioned, I rewatched The Leftovers because it's three seasons, um, all really good. They're all episodes are like an hour, so there's like enough there to keep me busy, you know. Because that's the thing too is like I don't I don't want to just sit there and binge an entire tv show just for the sake of like oh i want to kill six hours like no i want to take it in and digest it and stuff um which is why i rewatch that and that's why, like even when like people talked about it last week with like anime i'm always like full metal alchemist 63 episodes beginning middle end and boom because there is something like uh there are sometimes with shows where it's kind of like up in the air about like well maybe we might get another season you know like um what is that the glow i love the glow uh on netflix and this last season was supposed to be the last one it looked very promising and then netflix just canceled it oh so annoying yeah it's one of those things and again like hey i don't know what it's like working at like a a tv production but i don't know i mean i am excited though like i'm a big fan of uh donald glover's atlanta over on Hulu, and yeah. I like I. There's something. Listen, sometimes things happen. Like his father passed away, so they postponed uh, filming seasons three and four. And then I believe he was working on The Lion King, so they postponed it a little bit again. And then COVID happened. Uh, but apparently, they're filming seasons three and four. And like I know, like I'm. I was just telling you earlier before we got on the air. Um, I've been rewatching Dave uh, on Hulu, and I know that they're they. I believe they just finished wrapping uh on that show so there should be some more of that i don't know it's a weird time right now because of covid like if if there's not like an old tv series you know like hey maybe i don't know maybe binge watch uh home improvement or something um uh, i've been binge watching uh shameless we stopped watching shameless like around season six and then going on netflix they've got you know all the rest of the seasons like oh sweet so i've been catching up on shameless do you know Chris Wong is in Shameless? No, he's not. Yeah, Chris Wong is in. Uh, I believe he's in like two episodes of Shameless. There's a uh, yeah. There's one. There's one episode 
where there's like uh they're trying to find the like a shelter for a bunch of like gay teens yeah and chris wong is one of them get the fuck out yeah yeah he's in it i paul can tell you exactly which episode what season or what episode it is just we just watched it recently so i gotta gotta go back and look yeah yeah yeah. he's in it um (laughs) he might be all right yeah, he might be in like another episode as well, but I know that one specifically because he's like, yeah, I was in it. Yeah. Oh, well now I gotta go look. See, I like that. That's a show too. Like I, I love Shameless. I one part of it is that like they don't film all of it in Chicago, but they film a good portion of it in Chicago because well, really, enough that you can recognize stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like listen, sometimes I see a fucking palm tree in the background, and I'm like. Mm. But yeah. there's enough of like actual Chicago. Like you can go, like I've gone to, I've driven by the house, you know, that they use for yeah. the exterior, um, of you know of their house. No, that that was a show too that like I kind of fell off, um, because I'd binged like, what like what season? What how far are you? Uh, I'm at the end of season nine right now. Okay, so you already there was like the one drug addict that like Fiona was gonna marry. Yeah. So I, I bit. It was like all caught up up until then. Like that, uh, that was where they were caught up to. And then, um, I had to wait, and I like I didn't have show, so it was a hard. It was hard trying to like keep up with it weekly. Um, but no, that's another great series too. Like I, I don't agree with where they go with all the characters, but like, I don't know. I I know this last season, like the last two seasons, I believe I I haven't I haven't finished um, watching. But like, listen, I I love <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with um, girls from the South Side of Chicago. <laughs> my weak as much as listen as much as one of my weaknesses, uh, one of my vices are like girls that work or look like they work at Hot Topic. Another one right there. Another one is uh, girls from the south side of Chicago. Every single girl that I've dated or messed around with from the south side of Chicago, it's never turned out well. It is it is always 100% going to blow up in my face. Always, 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 always. They capture that so well in the show, too. Like that, That's what I like about Shameless is, like, it feels like Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I mean that in like warts and all. Yeah. And I mean that like the best way. Like I, I, I'm a big Chicago file. I love Chicago. So like, you know, a lot of times you'll get, you'll get like a, a romanticized Chicago in stories, you know, where, where you only see like downtown and like people in peacoats and shit. But like to see like real gritty South side shit is, uh, I love it. So. Yeah. And definitely like, I feel the same way, but like, that's one of those things where i'm just like oh man like fiona fucking fiona gallagher like you know my weakness and like <laughs> it, it it explains a lot um yeah like uh, you, you know i'm i love fiona no that, that's a fuck i i feel like i should just catch up with that show and that that is also like a good show too to like rewatch from beginning to end like i've done that with weeds yeah. as well like i don't know if you ever watched weeds um, no, like uh, I was, I was gonna start watching Weeds, but like, I don't know. There's something about it that I just that and like Orange is the New Black. I just like I can't watch. I don't know. I feel you I with or- I feel you with Orange is the New Black. Like I, and the, like I've I watched like the first three seasons of Orange is the New Black. 
Um, and they're both from the same creator, Genji Cohen. Um, Weeds yeah. is amazing. I, and I feel That's like... I hear that a lot. Yeah. I feel like with Orange's New Black, it's like... I don't know. I it just I, I don't feel like it was made for us, you know? Like That's true. <laughs> I'm not the target demographic. Yeah, because... <laughs> I, I fully realize that. Yeah, because a lot of people in their target demographic are always like going on about how good it is, and I'm just like, this show sucked. Like, it, like after yeah. a while, like, it was just like... I don't know. After a while, it was just like, all right, it's just not that good anymore. And hey, at least my opinion. But like with we, and, and that's okay. Like, not everything's made for everyone. Like, no, for sure. If you're, if you guys are into that show, have at it. I just like, I can't do it. Yeah, no, definitely though. With weeds, I feel like that's one that you would like because again, they 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 do enough to where, um, or like every character at least in my opinion every character gets branched out and even towards like the end of the show it, it was very much like okay yeah th- like this is how you would end it you know this is how things would yeah. end and this is how like everything would wind up because like there's some pretty fucking far out things like one 100 percent, the character the the character of alberto del rio was stolen from um <laughs> from this show because there's a character who like embodies him and then i remember around the same time watching is he he an insane uh woman beater (laughs) yes he is a he is a you know he's a mexican drug lord who is really shitty to women like i'm telling you even even before before he started beating women and stuff it was just like oh like the guy's name is also like alberto like that's what's (laughs) fucked up where i'm just like Somebody just somebody just watched Weeds and was like, "Oh, this is the character that we're gonna go with." Fucking, they're giving, they're giving Alberto's a bad rap. Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, we, Weeds is another a good one like that because and that's one that again I, I've binge watched from from beginning to end. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this has really become like a, a movie. Yeah, <laughs> well, a, I was a, a TV. To, wrap, to wrap up uh, shows I don't watch <laughs> the section of our show, but like. Have you watched Veep? I watched the first season, but it was the same thing. I watched the first season. And I was like, oh, man, I really like this. And then I had to wait, and I'm like, oh. But is it's it's over now, though, right? It's over now. I, I, the only reason I mention Veep is because, like, there's a podcast I listen to. Uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast is uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of going through all the all, uh, – the back episodes, like on my drive to work, I listened to it and they have an episode with Julia Louis-Dreyfus where she talks about the show. And then I, they've won so many Emmys and I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I love Seinfeld, you know, which is, you know, what she's most known for other than Veep. But like <laughs> I was laying in bed with Annie and we got the iPad. I was like, Hey, you want to start watching Veep? And she's like, no, I was like, well, let's watch the trailer. And then I pull up the trailer and like, nothing at all what i thought it was gonna be and i was like i don't know if i can watch this i don't know like the trailer was like not that great but like if it won emmys it's gotta be kind of good at least to some people i don't know i'm always looking for new shows to watch and like i don't know if i'm gonna watch that but i hear good things about it yeah i i mean again like the first season the first season was fine and it was one of those things where like clearly it Clearly, it was nothing to write home about if, like, I never really kept up with it after that. Um, 
Yeah, well, I don't know. I've just I've never right, given it a try. Yeah, I've actually I've wanted to watch. You mentioned you mentioned it, uh, the Sopranos. I've never watched the Sopranos. That's one of those that like I've I wanted to watch forever, and like it's it just it gets referenced so often. That in the Wire. I feel like that in the Wire. Like I I need to watch, but it's also very much one of those like ugh, if at this point feels more like a homework assignment than it does like me actually yeah. wanting to do something because it's a chore like you like you ju- you're only doing it because you want to check it off the list of things you didn't watch and i know and i know I'm, and i know i'm not going to enjoy it if i do it that way yeah you know that's why it's like I love, I love sopranos and i've actually been watching a lot of sopranos clips while i work and i was trying to get my stepson jake into it um but i do realize sopranos is not for everyone and it is very much a product of its time like it is a little bit dated now, but Sopranos to me is like one of the greatest shows of all time. So I, give it a try. I'm, see, I'm probably, I'll probably start watching it today. I'm more inclined to, yeah, to watch a Sopranos than I am like Veep. Because again, I'm also just like, yeah. I also just don't care about politics. Yeah. And well, it, if you're, if you're a fan of Goodfellas, you'll probably really like, Sopranos and I don't say that because it's just it's mob shit but like there's a lot of characters from Goodfellas and much of like Martin Scorsese's whole gangster discography um, that are in the show that like really kind of lend a familiar feeling to it so it's pretty cool yeah maybe I'll I'll, I'll, maybe I'll check it out then Um, yeah like I recently started reading comics because I have so many and I'm like I should probably start reading these um it's it's fun it's funny that you mentioned like having to wait because uh the only reason i started reading them was his uh friend of the show uh waiting who's celebrating a birthday today as a recording oh yeah happy happy, birthday happy happy birthday way well you know we love you here at the pwt cast um he recommended waiting we waiting we love waiting (laughs) exactly hate waiting love waiting um God, he's probably heard that so much. Um, <laughs> he recommended the saga books. Have you ever read the the saga books at all? Oh, but I've heard of saga. Yeah. So I I I I bought the first issue, read that, and I was like, oh man, this is one like this is really good. I want to read more. And I have like the the next like ten issues or something, whatever it is. Uh, I have lots to read, plenty of reading material. But the only thing is, is I guess, is that like they're taking a break. As far as to like, let's come up with like, you know, let, let's kind of just recharge the batteries. Um, yeah. So at some point there will be a new one and I'm just like, all right, well, I should probably get caught up. Cause like I, at the same time I was reading at the same time as about those books, I had, I finished all the, uh, collecting all the lock and key books, which lock and key a really good series hated the Netflix show. Which is weird because like Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, who wrote the books, he was also writing the show, and there was a lot of things that they changed up, and I don't I, like the book itself was like it felt more like um more serious, and the show was very much just like oh we want to you know kid friendly very kid friendly like Netflix yeah. like. Yeah, so, and so again, it was just like, oh, I, I'd much rather enjoy the books than fucking watching this. Um, but yeah, I, I need I need to read more comics. I have I need to read more of the comic books that I have because there are a lot of uh, 
a lot of books that I want to go buy, but I'm just like, oh, I fucking. I, You've got such a backlog. Yeah, I I have this like shame shelf that's just staring at me over here. You know, like even yeah, yeah like even in the in the summer, I bought the uh, when they did the DC Watchmen crossover. Uh, bought the first, you know, bought that. It's just sitting on my desk. Uh, I'm really bad with reading. Um, yeah, or with keeping up with it at least. Uh, yeah. Guys, yeah, sorry. There's a there's a lot of just complaining about things that I didn't like, <laughs> and then I felt like we over yeah <laughs> overcompensated with like, hey, have you watched this? I hear that's pretty good. No, I haven't <laughs> watched it. Oh, yeah, but it might be good. Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, so you know, thanks again to everyone, um, who's uh, you know, so supported us here on out. We're only 15 episodes away from Ryan like yeah um exciting. yeah that that's pretty exciting we have a lot of fun episodes coming um and like as well as with the patreon you know it's it's like we mentioned there's a lot of fun stuff coming on there um i love record I, I love doing like the movie reviews and um yeah there's gonna be a lot more of them coming i guess yeah because it's also like when we do movie reviews and you, we've we talked about kind of like the concept of it not that we're really breaking the mold or anything but like just the idea of bringing on a, a friend as a guest and we, we're probably not gonna do that with all of them because there's only so many people we can get to come in but like for instance the one we just recorded with with frank was like so fun and of course we love frank he's a he's a good friend and like a, a big part of the shop obviously but like you know, there's friend stuff you talk about every day. And then like, there's stuff you find out about people. Like not a lot of people would have known Frank was such a big fan of Shawshank Redemption. And just to like, you could see the, the love he had for it. Just talking to him face to face, you know, he was just like, you could just see his eyes sparkle as he was talking about like different things that like, it's really cool to see a side of a person that you don't always see, even if you know them pretty well. Um, so yeah, like talking movies with, with our friends and coworkers has been like, one of the great joys of what we've been doing here. I love it. Oh, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I love all our friends. Hey, uh, tomorrow, yeah, so tomorrow not only does Psycho Gorman come out, but I'll also be on um, uh, you know, a friend of the show. I, I he, he used to have a podcast called Buddy of the Groom in which he was looking for one of his best, for best men for his wedding that wasn't even happening um, because he, he wasn't engaged yet. Uh, I'm talking about uh, my friend Mike O'Keefe. He was a frequent he was a frequent visitor at uh, uh, freelance wrestling shows. I would always see him there. Um, I'm doing uh, my episode of his podcast called uh, Education Some Education uh, comes out tomorrow. Uh, it's funny because it's like a you know it's like an educate it's like a do you talk about like school and stuff? Um, yeah. Me being me, we probably talked about school and shit for like. <laughs> 10% of the show uh, and the rest of it was just a lot of me and Mike just and just us telling stories back and forth and it's a pretty fun show you know like if you um, kind of just enjoy like the the randomness and absurdness of the PWT cast um, that comes out Tuesday and I'll be sure to plug away and then uh, like we mentioned this Wednesday we'll drop another episode of Go Go Scrump and Stink uh, kind of talking about Zordon uh, and a little bit about Alpha 5 as well um, we keep referencing that Power Rangers movie. 
we're gonna review it. I'm gonna just we got to, yeah. yeah, we got to just because I like it's funny because prior to this, I was like, I probably wouldn't even talk about that that much, but like, I'm all for that movie. I'm I I like it, and we I feel like we just got to get it out of the way, get the review out of the way, and talk about it. Uh, but then this Friday, like we mentioned, it'll be the episode with uh Frank uh talking about the Shawshank Redemption on Scrum and Stang's family video. And yeah, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're a member of the Patreon, um, I'll be messaging you at some point this week. Um, we have crates this week, so it might be a little bit hectic, but, uh, I'll, I'll get to those and yeah, listen, if you want to do it, like we mentioned before, if you want to get on an episode of uh, scrump and sting family video, uh, you know, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash PWT cast, all that good stuff. Um, if you want to support us monetarily otherwise and buy a t-shirt, uh, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash uh, PWTCast. Tons of really cool stuff there. Uh, and, yeah, hey, go leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps with the algorithm. And, uh, I, Dave, I think uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I uh, – we're talking about the Patreon. We like sitting on mountains of cash, so if you could add to that mountain, that would be great. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite a mountain yet but yeah. uh, with your support we'll get a mountain sometime soon yeah stimulus not enough um, yeah but alright <laughs> uh, but alright you guys uh, for the PWT cast I've been Scrump and this is Stank and this is friend of the show Kenny Omega Kenny Omega here friend of the show unfortunately we've run out of things to say and so well we must bid you adieu so until next time at the PWT's cast goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.